are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, today we're going to be doing, starting a series in James. And uh, the title is Practical Christian Living. James is a very practical book. And we're going to be talking about the joy, joy in the midst of trials today. How many people have had trials in your life? How many people are going through a trial right now? Well, James deals with things related to everyday Christian living. It's practical and relevant for every generation. There are times in in life that stuff happens. And if we will allow it, these events can rob us of the song in our heart and the spring in our step. It can deflate us, just like sticking a pin into a balloon. In preparing this message, I came across an article from Max Lucado, and it's from, taken from his book, The Eye of the Storm. It seems that a woman decided to clean her birdcage with a vacuum cleaner. She accidentally sucked the bird into the the, uh, canister. She quickly turned off the vacuum and opened up the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Since the bird was covered in dust and soot, she grabbed him, raced to the bathroom, and turned on the faucet. She held Chippy Chippy under the, the running water, and then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for the hairdryer. And she blasted the pet with hot air. A local news reporter who was informed about the event contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits there and stares. Well, the writer goes on to say, it's not hard to see why. Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal the song from the stoutest heart. Maybe you've experienced times like that. I have. Perhaps you're going through a difficult time right now. We are. But uh, the good news is that you don't have to be like Chippy. You can still have a song in your heart and a bounce in your step, even in the midst of the trial. Faith and endurance in trials are testing. We can benefit from trials. I said, we can benefit from trials. Early church Jewish Christians understood what it meant to go through trials. They were driven from their homes 
And they were despised by their own people because they were Jewish Christians. It wasn't popular if you were of the Jewish faith to be a Christian back then either. My brethren, James says, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This can mean difficult difficulty, can mean pressure, even temptation to sin. And sometimes when a trial is hard enough and long enough, the old enemy puts the suggestion in your, mouth, in your mind, why don't you curse God and die? Just like Job's wife said to him. No he says, when trials, when troubles come, they will come. Every one of us. If you haven't already, your turn is coming. And if you've gone through one, you can be sure you're going to go through more. And you say, Pastor, am I supposed to be happy about that? No. By no means am I so supposed to be happy about that. You don't pretend to be happy when your heart is breaking and you're racked in pain. An enemy has done that. You can be sure that an enemy has been attacking you. And you need to know and understand that spiritual warfare, in most cases, is an attack against your body. You can be positive. You can have a positive outlook because of what trials can produce in your life. And we base this attitude upon what the Word of God says. James is telling us to turn our hardships into times of learning. Verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I don't think I told you what chapter we were in. Chapter 1, of course. We're doing a series. <laughs> Chapter 1 of James. He is saying that you will know from experience that God will take this difficulty and make you a better person. Faith is like gold. It stands the test in the fire. True faith, like pure gold, endures no matter how, how hot the fiery furnace may be. Whether or not we benefit from our trials depends on us. We must give endurance time to grow, or give patience time to grow to exercise that patience. We need to observe our attitude more than our circumstances. Because how you treat your situation 
You can sit down and have a, pat, a pity party if you like. You can be moaning, oh, poor me. Why? Why me? But if you're going through a trial, if the enemy is trying to take you out, you need to know and you need to understand and you need to still believe that God has a plan for you. And that sickness is not the plan. Amen? If we let the Lord do his work, we will lack nothing, James says. Our lives will be complete or fulfilled in him. Secondly, trials call for us to use wisdom. And God has wisdom for the asking. He says, if you ask him, he will give you wisdom. And listen, this is what James says, beginning at verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally without reproach. He's not going to scold you for it. He's not going to be angry at you. He's not going to be disappointed that you're asking him for wisdom. But, but he will give it to you. But let him or let you ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And you can stick woman in there too. The women are not left out here. So in context, he is referring to wisdom about trials. But we know, of course, that this is applicable to wisdom for every situation. When you ask God for wisdom in the trial that you are going through, or even if you are wanting to know, wanting God's direction in the career that you will take, which college you should attend, which job offer you should accept, all of these things, you ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to you. In fact, he is very pleased when we rely on him. He don't like for us to say, okay, Lord, you stand back and watch me operate. Watch me do this. He wants me and he wants you to rely on him, to rest in him. God has given us his permission that if we do not understand what we're going through, we can ask him about it and he will tell us. He will not rebuke us for asking. It is not a lack of faith. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. Jesus said that. I believe Jesus. I believe his word. Everything that's in God's word, there are things that I don't understand, but I still believe it. Amen? 
You can ask me, there's lots of things you can ask me, Pastor. Could you explain this to me? And I just don't have an explanation. But I believe it. Amen? I believe God's word from cover to cover. And you talk about sometimes, you know, maybe there's, you know, a church, a group that you don't agree with. You don't agree with some of their doctrine. But I don't care who preaches what. If they're preaching the word of God, I'm going to preach the word of God. And if it lines up with what they say, it's fine and dandy. Because this is God's word. And this is what we preach around here. God's word. And we're not going to slack back on anything. We're going to preach the truth. Because I know that the truth is what will set you free. Amen. However, there is a condition to our asking. We have to believe. We cannot doubt, waver, or be negative. If we don't believe that God is going to deliver, why bother ask in the first place? Why bother pray? It's a waste of time if you don't believe. God not only wants us to believe that he exists, he also wants us to know that he cares and that he can do something about our situation. Totally relying on him is what will, what he will, is that he will hear and answer when we pray. Look at what James has to say about those who doubt. He says they're like a wave of the sea. Now, I come from the seashore. I know what the waves are like. I've seen little waves and big waves. I've been into them. I've been in situations where I never cried out, I never screamed, but I was a little uneasy that maybe we wouldn't make it home this time. He says... We're like waves of the sea, completely lacking stability. He says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. It's clear that we must believe to receive. There's no place for double-mindedness in the walk of faith. Unstable thinking will rob you of your confidence in Christ to answer your prayer, to heal, or to restore, or to deliver you. Now, we have an example in the Bible of a man who comes and he wants healing for his child. And Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible. And this man realized that maybe there was some belief, disbelief in his life. And he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. There are times when the old enemy will whisper in your ear, it's never going to happen. That's not your disbelief. That's an attack of the enemy on your mind trying to get you to disbelieve. But when that thought comes to you, you're never going to get your healing. You're never going to be set free. 
You're always going to be in debt. All of these things. You'll never get another job. You're too old now. When the, when the economy turns around and the workforce is open again, you're going to be at the bottom of the list. Devil, get behind me. Get away from me. My God is bigger than that. Amen? So use wisdom. Put distance between you and anyone and everything that would suggest that God's word is not relevant for this hour that we live in and is not relevant for your situation. Don't hang around with those kind of people. Find people who believe in prayer, believe in God. If you want your healing, you've got to surround yourself with faith-believing people. And that's the truth. And if it's your body we're talking about today, you better believe it. There's a song we used to sing way back. I won't tell you how far back, but way back. The power of God is just the same today. And it doesn't matter what the people say. Whatever God has promised, he's able to perform. And the power of God is just the same today. He hasn't changed. What he did 50 years ago, he will do today. What he did 200 years ago, he will do today. What he did 2,000 years ago, he will do today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Thirdly, trials can produce blessing. Verse 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humility. Humili humiliation because as a flower of the field he will pass away for no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass its flowers fall and its beautiful appearance perishes so the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits when you think of things that produce trials in life, what's the first thing that comes to you? Most people, money. Money problems can cause more stress than just about anything else. It causes problems in marriage, in friendships, in business relationships. But James tells us, let the brother of low degree rejoice that is exalted. Humble yourself before the Lord. He will exalt you. What does that mean for us? Well, through the grace of God, we have been lifted out of what the Bible calls, in Psalms 40, verse 2, the miry clay, and planted our feet under rock. Of course, that rock is Christ Jesus. We have the promise that God will meet our needs. Amen? We have the promise that our Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We have the promise that God will never leave us or forsake us. Now, if we believe those promises, that's powerful. 
That's powerful. Then James turns to the rich man, and he says, but the rich in his humiliation, that he is made low because of the, as the flower of the, of the grass, he shall pass away. The rich and the poor, listen, this is, this is what this means. The rich and the poor suffer sickness and pain and hurt and disappointment alike. It doesn't matter what your status in life is. We all go through trials. The rich man's marriage fails, and the poor man's marriage fails. Their children rebel, and they finally die. 1 Timothy 6, 7, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Naked you came into this world, and naked you go out. I read this illustration. It says, money will buy a bed but not sleep. Books but not brains. Food but not appetite. A house but not a home. Medicine but not health. Amusement but not happiness. Religion but not salvation. A passport to everywhere but heaven. However, Regardless of whether we're rich or poor, God promises to bless us if we persevere under the trials. Verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. God's crown of life is the reward of eternal life. Living with God forever. God's winner's circle is guaranteed for those who stay faithful under pressure. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 11 and 12, this is a faithful saying, for if we die with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure we shall also reign with him. In conclusion today, and I'm making this shorter today because we in a little, little while we're going to have a prayer line. We're going to pray for people who are going through trials. If you've got sickness in your body and you have faith to believe, we want you to come. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. Jesus is here to heal today. James is a practical book for Christian living. It points out the reality that trials and temptations will come in various forms. The reality is that we have often suffered for a season. But we believe in healing for body, soul, and spirit. We believe in the blessings of God that surrounds the righteous like a shield. We believe for physical, spiritual, financial, and material blessing. Because it is promised in God's word. 
I don't care who says it's not so. You have to argue against God to say that. Our God is an awesome God. He cares about you. The Bible says he cares for the sparrows of the air and the lilies of the field. And he cares much more about you. It's all promised in the word. And we are commissioned as believers to go forth in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to carry on the work that Jesus did when he was here in the flesh on this earth. Mark chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 15 says, And he said, that is Jesus, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that is happening in churches all over the world. That is happening in churches all over the world today. This very hour, pastors are standing in pulpits and preaching the gospel. People are having conventions and special meetings preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are people on street corners in Hawaii doing beach ministry right now. Lord, call me there. <laughs> preaching the gospel to every creature, to everyone who will listen. And this is what he said, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow believers. There's a lot of believers in this place today. These signs will follow you. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And there's 101 different messages that I could preach on that portion of Scripture alone. But take it at face value, my friends. This is the Word of God. This is the promise to those who believe. James will also show us how to deal with it until we have the manifestation of the promise of God that are yes and amen to those who believe. We're going to see that next week. These trials and these temptations are not from God, but God will use what Satan hopes to destroy your faith to strengthen you and to make you a more powerful Christian for his kingdom. You'll have a testimony that nobody can deny that God is just the same today. Amen? It is as Joseph declared to his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order that it might bring about to, as it is today to save many people alive. My testimony, your testimony, when it is shared in faith, can be the means of causing others to believe in the God who loves them and cares so much for them 
that he died for them even when they were sinners. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Gordy, if you can come there, please. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You're going through a trial. You don't know what's happening. You can't understand it. Maybe you've had people give you 101 different explanations of what is happening, why it's happening, and all of these things. But what is God saying to you? Don't give up. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, except as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. God always makes a way out. Amen? Amen? We don't have to place demands upon God. It is good for us to quote his word. To say, Lord, this is what your word says. And we believe your word and we agree on your word. Now I'm going to ask the prayer team to just come and line the altar and you can go to whoever you wish to have them pray with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I just pray that faith will arise within the hearts of your people today to receive from your bountiful supply. Lord, we believe in a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Your word is truth. And we choose to believe your word. So, Father, right now, as we quiet our hearts before you and allow your word to saturate our hearts and our minds, we place ourselves at your feet and say, Lord, if you can do anything, do it now. And we hear the answer back from your word. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In Jesus' name. Now this morning, it is never our intention to make a show. If you believe you want to agree with us, you can stay. If you're doubtful, I'm going to say a prayer, dismissal, and you can go. But we want you to know that anything that is done around this altar today, it is by the power, the healing power of Jesus Christ. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. 
And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the hearts and the lives of your people. Bless us as we go to our different homes today. and Have your way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.